Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Adam Strawn. Well, hello there. And joined by Ewan Patterson. Nice little Obi-Wan reference there, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any other kind of Obi-Wan <gasps> reference? General Tailford. <laughs> <laughs> I've gathered you here to talk about various things. Um, I thought we'd just do a roundup of the uh, talking points that are doing the rounds across the industry. One of the biggest ones being the GTA 6 trailer being announced for the beginning of December. And there's also a Mass Effect 5 teaser that's been revealed, which apparently is in-engine, which they barely got out there. We realized talk, one of the devs had to tweet and say, by the way, that thing that you've seen that you think CG is actually um, in, in engine. It could potentially... Oh, by the way. Hey, by the way. <laughs> letting you know that uh, it's actually going to be an engine. And then also there's a hilarious thing that's happening in regards to live services where you've got Sony and Warner Brothers mm. um, both sort of uh, coming at the idea of live service games being the future from completely opposite ends of the spectrum, which is hilarious for the consumer because only one of those perspectives is going to win. Um, but we'll get to those things. And um, let's talk about GTA stuff. Um, announced... It's been announced across the last couple of years. There's been various Rockstar earnings reports that mentioned the next Grand Theft Auto installment. We've always known there's going to be a GTA 6. But finally, over on X, the uh, Sam Hauser, who's one of the main sort of minds behind Rockstar, one of the only remaining minds at this point behind Rockstar, um, just did a series of tweets on the main account just saying, hey, please look forward to it. GTA 6 is going to happen. No trailer, though. No images. Nothing at all. Just some text. And then there'll be a trailer at the start of December. We can have a wider conversation about GTA. But I guess thoughts on GTA, Adam Strode. Sorry, just when you said nothing at all, I was thinking Ned Flanders, nothing at all. Nothing at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's my thoughts. I mean, obviously, you know, it's exciting. Like, this is going to be one of the, like, hopefully pioneering games of the industry, right? Uh Because everyone gets excited whenever, like, Rockstar's going to do something and how they're, what are they going to do with this and how how are they going to mix it up? What new things are they going to bring in? And obviously, there's been you know, speculation since, like, there was some stuff leaked, like, a while back. Do you remember when, like, in a conversation, like, between them, it was, I'm sure it was, like, a Slack conversation or something. There mm. was some stuff that was leaked a while back. Um, so I'm just, you know what, like, excited. Um, mm. I mean, Red Dead 2, for me, was, like, one of the greatest games ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they are kind of working from that same process, I know, obviously, there was a lot of crunch and everything like that. But if they're working to that type of level and scale, I think they're on to an absolute winner. And I'm just excited to see more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You yeah. thoughts on how it's actually going to be? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously we had the actual big video leak as well last year, where they showed off different bits and bobs, and I was mm. kind of, I was kind of disappointed by that because really? again, like 
I think we talked about this in the podcast earlier in the week in the wind up. I was like, you know, I'm I'm a Rockstar fan, but I don't really I'm not GTA isn't the big thing that I care about Rockstar right. for. Same, same. Uh, it's very much like the other stuff that they're doing. However, I'm always gonna be down for a new GTA game. It is literally going to be the biggest video game of all time. We've been waiting over a decade for this thing. <laughs> um I just hope they skew more towards that red dead tone rather than the GTA five tone. Mm. It's gonna be interesting to see how this game pans out in the post GTA online era. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's gotten to the point now where I'm almost like sick of talking about GTA Six. So it's actually having weird, something tangible to have is going to be great. Obviously, it's great for us. It's going to be the biggest game of all time. There's going to be lots of stuff to dive into. Yeah. I don't know the release date tentatively. I think maybe like it could be the end of 2024, 2025. They're par- apparently penciling it in for 2025, but that's just like a rumor. Like there was a whole thing about how um, we'll get the first teaser at the beginning of December, which is assumedly be some sort of an engine thing and the actual proper reveal. It's weird doing such a flat announcement for an announcement. Like, hey, yeah. by the way, he was just like, wait, he's like, I gotta get it out, man. I've been holding this in too long. <laughs> but it's like, it is one of those things. I want to literally want to take a minute to talk about where we were in 2013, just for what comes to mind for oh. that, because everyone's doing the thing at the minute where where were you in 2013 versus where you are now and like I've been at War Culture 10 years as of October 10th and I remember starting one of my very first articles was about GTA 5 and then GTA 5 finally came out and I remember our boss like uh, overall I was going to say at the time but he still is saying okay now do everything about GTA 6 and it was like we just pivoted over and started talking about GTA 6 that's how long I've been covering the idea of GTA 6 is over 10 years wow sir I was 17. <laughs> oh, I feel ill. I was, I was a little baby. I was in A-level. Right. I hadn't even gone to uni yet. I hadn't even discovered what Newcastle was. Right. So wow. it's, it's a completely different moment in my life. And I didn't actually play GTA 5, I should clarify, until the, the generation remaster upgrade mm. thing came out like in 2014. Yeah, yeah, the PlayStation 4 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so, yeah. the nuts thing as well, is that the GTA 5 released on the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's how long Oh my God. Been. Like I know it, like, where it sounds to be just different ways of um, qualifying or quantifying a 10 year gap. But like if you were in high school, you've got, you were like what, seven or 10 or whatever we, and now you're 20. Like we, we wouldn't have anticipated this wait being this long. Like no. that no, was like no, three no. years after Red Dead 2, it was a year after Max Payne 3, mm-hmm. like a two years after LA Noir. Rockstar had a lot of games coming out at the start of the 2010s. And since then we've had a bunch of GTA 5 mm-hmm. and Red Dead 2. Yeah. And GTA Online. And GTA <laughs> stuff. Uh. It, it's while well, Adam, where were you in 2013? Oh, this is going to sound really douchey because I was because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was doing my master's degree uh-huh. in Manchester. So like that's that's where I was. So I was not writing about video games or anything like that. I was writing about theater and performance, mm-hmm. which is what my degree's in. But obviously, I remember the impact of the game coming out. And I'm similar to you, you and like obviously I was nodding along when you were talking there. Like GTA is not the biggest like pull for me towards Rockstar. Like mm-hmm. obviously Red Dead is, but I just remember obviously you know. You, you know the impact of when that game came out. Every single person was talking about it. It was on every single billboard. And like, you couldn't avoid conversations about it. And I'm, I'm captain comes to a game late when everyone's over it. So like, <laughs> I started- I play- love that superhero. Yeah, nice to meet you, captain. <laughs> 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 I'm bored the ship. But um, yeah, literally like, so I started playing it like way late. Everybody else was already over it. And I was like, oh, actually, you know what? This game's pretty good. And everyone was like, yeah, Adam, welcome to like modern day. <laughs> um, and I've done that with so many games. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I def- It's definitely the GTA I've enjoyed most. Mm-hmm. Um, I did love 
little shout out to GTA London with the best soundtrack oh. ever. More people need to shout out GTA 2's little expansion London yes, thing. Yes, so, um, so good. That whole era, I remember, th- th- that's the thing, the length of time that we've had GTA 6 rumors and the general idea of what GTA 6 could be, um, that was one of the mentions that it would be, that it would steer back into the UK and everything. That so. is the source of what I want GTA to be. Right. Because that was set in the 60s, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Like, yes. I want another, like, last last past retro set GTA we had was San Andreas, which was set in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Did that come out after or before Vice City? Was that, that was the one straight after Vice City. Yeah. yeah, so like that, and Vice City and San Andreas, the two most beloved GTA titles. I know that Rockstar do their best stuff when it's set in the past, but obviously with the modern day, you could add more stuff. You could add new technology. You could add new things mm-hmm. and bits and bobs. But I want, I'm not going to like belabor any negative stuff here because like it's cool that it's being made. Loads of people are going to get it. It's going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. It's nice to get a new game from Rockstar who are the industry leaders when it comes yeah. to crafting immersive narratives yeah, and like, massive definitely. AAA experiences. So, and again, this has all been done with, you know, we've had the Jason Schreier reports over the last few years as well about how they've recalibrated their development practices. Apparently, you know, the workplace culture at Rockstar is way better now, less mm. crunch culture and stuff. So, yeah, here's hoping I mean, it, it pans out. One part to that um, point or whatever is that, like, because GTA Online makes so much money, apparently internally, there was a whole deep dive on this. Might have been from Bloomberg, might have been Kotaku, um, a couple of years ago, about how they just don't need to get it out the door. They can take as long as it needs. Um, and that's interesting. I mean, another recent um, project that was had the same ethos was Super Mario Wonder, where Nintendo were just like, it's Mario, there's no rush. Take as long <laughs> as you want, do whatever ideas you want, and we'll kick it out when it's ready. Um, and then Mario Wonder is the most experimental Mario there's been in years, like especially for the, on the 2D plane. Um, and same similar thing with GTA. They, they, were, they are in no rush. Um, I remember that report saying that they were very aware of the fact that people want GTA 6, and now it's been 10 years, um, or it'll be 12 years by the time it comes out. But um, at the same time, they're one of the only studios in the industry that can afford to wait, um, and GTA Online still keeps ticking over. GTA 5 is still in the top 10. It never left. Like in ten years, <laughs> like is ludicrous. Going to be calling it now the the biggest selling game of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah it already is. Like, yeah. it's um, GTA Five is like the biggest selling entertainment item ever, yeah. or something. Like, it's something ludicrous. But yeah, I guess you were mentioning like the you know the Rockstar set stuff in the past and Vice City and those little time capsules. And I love Vice City is my favorite, and San Andreas is like right next to it. Um, the rumors for GTA Six are that it's a return to Vice City. The stuff that leaked was um, like a more modern day Vice City, and there's twin protagonists, and um, it's still based around heists and setting off things like that and doing various crimes and everything. Um, I guess to round that stuff up, what do you think? Or do you think they need to change anything, or do you? I know you're like the biggest GTA fan, but what would, in that case, what would make you? What would get you in? You know what? Like as long as there's that big focus on narrative, like when mm. they're telling a really interesting story, then I'm back in. Like for me, the story of like. Red Dead 2, I wouldn't change a single thing. Like, mm-hmm. no notes. I think, for me, that was so... The, the narrative informed the gameplay so beautifully, and mm-hmm. I hope that they really lean into that for development again. Plus, like, the you know, the dual narrative between, I believe it's a female character as well, that's mm-hmm. very heavily rumoured. So that, for me, is, like, automatically I'm interested. How are they going to do this with the dual narrative? How are they going to bring it together? And that, that for me, will... GTA Five did it really well in for a majority, vast majority of that game. So if they, as long as they take it down that route, I am fully invested. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the words that have been used to describe the story have been Bonnie and Clyde. I love yes. that movie. That movie. Yep. If, if, they can, if Rockstar can channel some of the energy of that film into this story, um, then I'd be really excited. Again, I'm kind of like, I'm a little bit put off by the fact that it's modern day again because mm. I feel like that indulges Rockstar's uh, less pleasant storytelling <laughs> sensibilities. Uh, I really want them to kind of tone down the irreverent like human. I think, you know, Jason Schreier has mentioned in, in these reports for Bloomberg and even going back to when he was at Kotaku, I think he has mentioned that there has been a change in kind of like the culture at Rockstar and that yeah. maybe, you mm-hmm. know, some of the human that we got in GTA 5 that 
was really stupid. I mean, I'm not really into this whole mm-hmm. thing. I just need it to actually have a declarative statement and like actually be brave enough to stand by, you know, its whole like meta criticism and, 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 mm-hmm. and themes and stuff, which I kind of thought GTA five didn't have. It was very scattered, scattergun, yeah. quite South Park. He was going to make fun of everything and then see what sticks. I want them to have more of a focus here. Get that character-driven drama from Red Dead Redemption 2, absolutely. Um, but yeah, obviously make it fun. Like GTA is the fun sandbox yeah. game as yeah. well, so That's... don't make it too sanguine. Like actually do, mm. oh sorry, uh, pathos-ridden. Actually mm-hmm. have it be fun at the same time. Yeah. That's fascinating, because like, yeah, I, I kind of do want them to lampoon everything. I I don't mind them being South Parkian, but you've got to get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time though, Rockstar have changed so much. They've matured so much. Like like Naughty Dog, um, like the early days of Naughty Dog versus where they are now. And then like Rockstar's most recent celebrated work being Red Dead 2. Like that idea, I remember when Red Dead 2 came out and it was like, oh my God, is the next GTA going to have a stopping at traffic lights and obeying all these laws and everything. Oh and I, was God, like, I hope so. And I was like, maybe you could do that. I love it. Oh, wait, that's my open world thing. I stop when I, I play open world Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, you I pay the traffic Oh, my. I wait for like two minutes and I'm like, you know what, screw this. And I just See, go my, straight over. My thing was like, um, there's a potentially a way to do something like that. I don't know how you would. Like the LA Noir, it was them, the Mafia games were the ones that would, would ding you for, for speeding and stuff. Mm. And so there's maybe a way to do that. But my overall point is that I wonder what GTA is like in the modern day, in the modern world when you've uh, lost a lot of your key creatives that were responsible for that original tone. Like, I like how cartoony and over-the-top and ridiculous those original 3D games are. Um, and for me, GTA hasn't been the GTA that I love since San Andreas. Like, I don't mind GTA 4, but I really didn't like GTA 5. And so I think their search for an identity is, like, is so fascinating. Like, what the living hell even is GTA now? Um, <laughs> I think that's going to be interesting to see. Um, but, yeah, next overall talking point is Mass Effect. Um, this was, I keep forgetting in seven days a thing. I know, right? Which it's is, like, like, you know, we're all we're massive, uh, massive Mass Effect fans. And um, they put out, like, a little teaser. Like I said at the beginning, it was actually revealed to be in-engine, in not necessarily in-game. Mm. Um, but it did include what looks like a new protagonist, um, which looks like a female character in, like, a long flowing coat. She's got, oh. like, a high collar and wearing like a helmet and kind of has like a um, like a bio augment device on the back of her or whatever mm. that thing is. Maybe it's like a morphing jetpack or something. We don't know. Um, but it kind of looks like Mass Effect meets Tron. And I was like, this is a fascinating way to go. And it's like, so one of the rumors that's doing the rounds is that you'll be focusing on the assassin wing of N7 or some sort of assassin character or something doing various, um, you know, like shady, shadowy operations around the Mass Effect world. Mm. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Like, I like the idea of infusing Mass Effect with uh, what Thane was doing in Mass Effect 2. Like the idea of the, the smuggler assassin world kind of thing that might be a way to go um, you're doing some good faces espionage stuff in Mass Effect would de- get me around to it like a bunch like I, mm. I'm not a Mass Effect guy like I really bounced off playing the first game as soon as it got really? to the vehicle I'm levels really absolutely hated oh. them um, but I mean I'm always down to maybe try it again at some point I think oh, it's because man. like it's so good. I don't know, I, one. the sci-fi universe like really didn't resonate with oh, me like like i feel like i'm very picky with sci-fi stuff though like i feel like star trek and star wars are the benchmark for me and like obviously so many great filmic sci-fi universes we've been treated to over the years the only game one that i've really like really resonated with has been halo mm. um mass effect kind of felt a little bit kind of like jigsawy hodgepodgey like again i could be completely mm. wrong cause this is these are takes that i've not evolved since i was <laughs> the age of 14. i would love if you ever happen to have enough like wants to go back i'd love to see what you thought about it now because mm. it's like i still think the 
first two, when the Legendary Edition came out and they remastered the whole trilogy, mm-hmm. I, I ended up preferring Mass Effect 1 to 2, even though I love 2 uh, Interesting. when they originally rolled out. Um, still hate 3, but 1 and 2 <laughs> um, are still, I would say, absolutely phenomenal, like gold-tier, mm-hmm. five-star standard stuff. But mm-hmm. Adam Strong, thoughts on the old Mass Effect? Oh, I'm just so excited. Like, Mass Effect, like, this is for me, like, classic Bioware, I absolutely adore. Mm. Obviously, like, you know, where they are now, big question mark, but, <laughs> you know, like, this this could be the game that saves them, you know, and obviously the new Dragon Age as well, which is very exciting for mm-hmm. me, but obviously, like, Mike Gamble posted a lot of, like, sneaky teasers as well in his blog post, as he always does, the sexy little minx, but he put in there, I mean, he asked a lot of questions straight away when he, you know, he was, like, saying what the heck is going on with our Asari scientist turned shadow broker, which obviously leans more into, like, what you were just saying there mm. about, like, you know, the espionage kind of area of that, which would be really nice because they've really pushed, like, her as Liara is, like, mm. this main character, right? We had, like, the voice kind of note that came out in one of the teasers. She was in the first uh, visual teaser as well. Exactly, with the word defiance redacted, which is really interesting because right. underneath his post, he then put something else where he hid, like, a lot of zeros and ones in random words. And if you went through and actually took the time to do this, <laughs> but um, if you took them all out and put them in a line and actually ran them through a binary decoder, yes. it came out as the word um, epsilon, which is the fifth word in the Greek alphabet. So it's kind of like referencing, <laughs> people are saying in a way that Andromeda was game number four and then this yeah. is going to be number five, which is really interesting. But as well, to go on the actual teaser trailer that was released, apparently he even tweeted saying, look closely at the teaser. Quite so there's a few things in there. People are saying that they potentially spotted a Krogan in the background. Yeah. Um, there are sky cars flying past. So obviously like that's, you know, talking about this civilization that we're going to be interacting with, kind of like on the Citadel, I guess we did. Mm-hmm. And then also the canisters that you see as you walk by, they have the same color coding as Cerberus. So it's kind of yes. like, are we going back into this again, which is really, really interesting. And as well, the poster that was posted, which the, the beautiful gown for days, which, you know, we were talking about <laughs> November courts recently. That is oh, my yeah. November. It's a high collar season. It's it's the whole thing. Pop that thing. It's yeah. the moment. But um, <laughs> on that court, obviously on her bot, on the bottom part of the court, on this character, you can see like there's people in a bar. Right. Different races, different creatures. And you mm-hmm. can see in there, you can see Hanar, Salarian, Geth, Turian, Asari. But then you can also see potentially the Angara, which you see in Andromeda. So mm-hmm. the Geth, they're back, question mark. Mm-hmm. And Angara, like. In pog form? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just collecting them. They're back. So there's a lot here to get your teeth sunk into. And I'm. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that 
with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. You, you found way more than I did. I was oh like, yeah, baby! I was just like <laughs> the, uh, the person walking around and being like, "Oh, it's cool!" Like the amount, like the Tron vibes from the helmet, yeah. and then the um, the color scheme's awesome, and the key art's really cool. And I like the idea of like an assassin main character or something like that. Mm. Um, yeah, that's the kind of fascinating part is how much they acknowledge Andromeda because even yeah. some of the plot stuff that was planned for that uh, was canned. Like all the DLC stuff just didn't make it. Um, I don't know how salvageable that stuff is because it's kind of just off in another galaxy anyway. Mm. So I guess they just do with the main timeline. <laughs> lasting memory of that game. Is the really funny Kroby Cat video. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. just the, the butt twitching. <laughs> <laughs> and the that, eyes. Oh, God, the eyes. <laughs> that thing was an absolute abomination. The thing that's fascinating, um, which is kind of ironic just as you bring these things together, is that Bioware, like Rockstar, like, you know, they have this studio identity. They have this like period in their time, like you said, classic Bioware, yeah. that they haven't been able to live up to for no. like 20 years. Like, no. it depends which kind of version of Bioware you like. But um, the version that we got towards the end of the 2000s, like the, the Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, um, like that general era, that was such an EA inning of oh, yeah. uh, Bioware. And it's it's interesting where they are now, where, you know, they have suffered layoffs, like many other studios have across the last few months. Um, and, you know, is that identity even possible anymore? Like the founders left after the EA acquisition and mm. like they've struggled since then. And so like you said before, like, is this the thing that's going to save them? That's what makes it fascinating to me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, yeah. it depends on where you came into Bioware, right? Mm. As well. Cause like I'm talking about like, you know, not to be that guy, but, um, you yeah. know, I, I started playing like, you know, Neverwinter Nights. That was my like introduction right. to like Bioware. So I mean, a lot of that like identity of Bioware is very much gone now. Those people are gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, they've, they merged, like merged into something new. So like when Mass Effect came along, obviously there was a lot of veterans then who have now left and obviously Dragon Age as well. Mm -hmm. I still love this kind of modern era of that classic Bioware. And I, I was fully in. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I know you mentioned Mass Effect 3 and it did get, you know, in the ending, it got a lot of things wrong, let's be real. But mm -hmm. there were still a lot of points of that game that I really really, really loved. Mm -hmm. And again, it is just that driven by characters that, you know, narrative up to a certain point was really, really solid. And there's still things like summoning the Thresher more and like everything to do with that. And it was just phenomenal. Like, that's I really good payoffs. Really awesome parts of that. But yeah, so it'll be interesting. Again, like, are they paving a new direction? Like going off just like good feeling of what they really want to do? Uh, like how much is 
like studio intervention guiding them as well with this. Mm. Like it'll be interesting, but they have taken their time with this and yeah. the new Dragon Age as well. So we were talking about like studios taking their time. It's absolutely the way forward. When your product is made to the level that you want it to be, then release it. We've mm. seen the opposite happen so many times. It's weird with that approach because there was a thing, um, it was a good few years ago whenever they announced Dragon Age Dreadwolf where like the trailer that happened at the Game Awards, might have not been the Game Awards, might have been that year's E3. It was a good few years ago. Mm. Um, but it came out that they just submitted that trailer, Bioware themselves submitted that trailer without going through EA um, just to prove they, because they wanted to show the world something to prove they weren't down mm. and out good after them. Anthem. Um, and then that got enough kind of conversation going that at the time it was reported that that staved off more layoffs or closures or mm. whatever the hell might have happened after Anthem. Yeah. Because um, that the handling of Anthem was abysmal. It was going to get rebooted. It was going to be Anthem 2.0. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> Unfortunately. And it's like, that's that's the bottom. Like if we yeah. talk about like worst case scenario, best case scenario, they mm. can assumedly only go up now. Um, and there is positive reception around, let's just call it Mass Effect 5 or Mass Effect Epsilon or whatever the hell yeah, it turns yeah. into, um, which is awesome. There's not been positive Bioware buzz in ages. Yeah. Um, although the Legendary Edition was received well. like They are nice remasters of those games. They did go back into them and tweak a few things and some lighting in certain levels and stuff. So it's more than Konami have done with the Metal Gear one. Mm. Um, so that's kind of cool. But um, yeah, you and I guess it's almost like the reverse GTA question. What would get you into a new Mass Effect? I mean, it, I think a clean break from the old canon. like mm. Not like... I don't mean like old. I don't mean like a reboot. I mean like let's just have new story, new characters. Let's go to a different point in the timeline. Maybe you want to feel like you have to have played everything. I don't want to have <laughs> to have done homework because again, like I don't know if I might go and revisit them, Scott. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think I will. Um, you but something oh, that was like espionage. I'm in a big like spy phase all of a sudden okay. right now. <laughs> I dipped my toes into rewatching Goldeneye last weekend, mm-hmm. and now I'm just rewatching all the Bond movies. <laughs> so anything that keeps me in that space, I'm gonna be looking forward to so mm-hmm. i mean yeah I, mean, I love sci-fi spy stuff like that is a cool concept mm. yeah same i mean i think it's one of the i was always fascinated what they could possibly do and they completely squandered the potential of andromeda like the whole oh idea God. that i mean it's too inside baseball specific mass effect stuff but like lots of that trilogy is about how many people will not believe your main character that there is a an invasion of these big aliens and everything mm-hmm. so andromeda was just hey what if someone believed and funded a mission to go do something about it that's a cool thing to do and then they squandered it and they didn't finish the dlc etc so it's i'm just kind of i just keep using the word fascinated by it but there's so much business reality to it all and there's so many weird stumblings and failings and different identities over time for the studio um that i just hope something positive comes out of it um speaking of business stuff um let's end talking about your friend and mine live services did i say friend i meant hated entity that won't leave (laughs) won't leave the room at all um i did a big rant on this this morning because i wanted to do a conversation about just how many different parts of the gaming industry are on fire but there's a specific thing to focus on and i'll pass it to um the two of you it's just a conversation on the way the generation is going to play out the future of the gaming industry because right now it's fascinating again seeing sony and warner brothers approach this from two different points of view you've got sony saying um reported you know very recently by hiroki to Toki, the new head of PlayStation, um, saying that they had 12 live service games planned for the end of 2026. This came initially from Jim Ryan, who's now retiring next year, which I'm reading as dude can't make any of this work and he wants to GTFO. <laughs> but Hiroki Jitoki is now saying that they're, they're reducing that number and they're hoping they can get six of them over the finish line by the end of the financial year 2025, which will be March 2026. So you've got them saying... We don't know, but we're going to kind of do half of them. Don't think this is really what we are, but we'll see. And then you've got Warner Brothers um, CEO David Zaslav 
um, doubling Zazlab. down. Zazlab again, <laughs> uh, doubling down on live service stuff uh, in a very in a recent financial call, um, saying that he wants more stuff, wants more on live components, more live services, make everything a live service, which I thought was hilarious because you just delayed Suicide Squad a year to presumably <laughs> to remove those components. I said all of this in a big rant this morning, but just thoughts from either of you. Um, I need to ask the Animaniacs a question. <laughs> um, where did you go and how did you let David Zaslav ruin Warner Brothers? Yeah. They should be in there. I need Yako Wacko and Dot to go into his <laughs> office and menacingly threatening him with like cartoonish baseball bats, whatever. This is just ridiculous, man. Yeah. Like David Zaslav genuinely really upsets me as a person <laughs> because he's the epitomization of content. Like he's the content king. And it is so, so typically on brand for him in a year in two years of stupid business decisions that he will come out and put his foot in the gaming space, which he doesn't have a clue how it actually works, no. and then go, Oh, we're gonna see some really big moves in the live service thing. We're really excited about it's the this. future. And it's like, it, it, so endlessly frustrating. A decade of missed opportunities from one of those games. No sequels to Batman Arkham since 2015. Got Rocksteady working on a stupid Suicide Squad game that is completely outside the cultural zeitgeist right now. Yeah. Have, you know, one of those ones will go through like three different games cancellations. Then they get to do Gotham Knights, which again, they, they get something out, but that takes way too long to happen. That was 10, that was, sorry, uh, nine years since Arkham Origins came out, they managed to get mm. Gotham Knights out. It's just a complete shambles. And like, even with like the Lord of the Rings stuff, they had the Middle Earth developers monolith. You know, we could have had like, <laughs> they ruined that. They yeah, ruined they patented Shadow, the Nemesis they, system. Like they, they patented it. They're gonna put it in the Wonder Woman game, <laughs> which I can't imagine will be a live service title. It but will if now. it is, if they're gonna try and make it that way, then it's just gonna relearn the stupid lessons from Shadow of War. Scott, I'm so, <laughs> I'm just, it really just, oh. Mm. I forget when Zaslav came in because like Shadow of War was 2017 and that was like, that was the game that had the orc loot crate. 2017 was the apex of the worst of the monetization stuff mm. in gaming. Battlefront 2, Shadow of War, even For Honor, like Ubisoft's For Honor, there was a whole thing around that. Earning the premium currency would take you thousands of hours if you wanted to try and get it yourself. And I remember the pushback and you know, you'd think that we've learned from that. And I remember thinking as the of the generation switched over that this generation will be better for it and it's like some stuff is better like some game like Gotham Knights I really enjoyed that game Agreed. the worst parts about it you can tell are the remnants of what would have been the live service stuff Yeah. and um, the different skins the, the different unlockables the loot components etc and like trying to just force that to work <laughs> when it is so roundly rejected and also on the live service front especially this year so many games have shut down like Babylon's Fall the Evil Dead game barely lasted mm. a year the Avengers game didn't work <laughs> Like it just it ain't it, but I don't know why they can't accept that it ain't it. Yeah, it's I mean it's just, it's just ridiculous. Like I kind <laughs> of like I, I for Warner Brothers for me specifically, it's like it's very upsetting because this mm. is a studio as a movie studio it owns like like it's one of the most beloved studios in Hollywood, right? Even aside from the gaming stuff, and it's in the hands of a tyrant. And like <laughs> the gaming side of things, they have so many beloved aspects of like you know they have the entire DC universe to play with. Loads of movies in the locker that they could be quote unquote exploiting in a positive way in the gaming medium, taking advantage of that interactive space. They have mm -hmm. loads of talented developers, loads of talented studios on hand. It's just frustrating that once again, at a moment where everyone else is doing the opposite thing, this man is so thick that <laughs> he's just gonna commit and stay the course of his own stupidity. Like I genuinely, like I don't like going after people like this, right. but Screw him, <laughs> genuinely. He just, doesn't know he exists. Just, it doesn't know, doesn't know what he's doing at all. Yeah, I'm giving too much weight to what culture here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, 
I need, I need, a, Warner Brothers, I need some kind of hostile takeover. Just someone come in and please rescue them. Like, I just, it's one of those things, and bless you, Adam Shaw, and sitting through this. We're gonna go, <laughs> that's, that's, you that's okay, that's okay. But also, like, it is one of those things where it's so nakedly obvious that business, the business minds are at the top. Now, we've mm-hmm. seen that across, this across the board, but it is one of those things where Warner Brothers and Disney have David Zaslav and Bob Iger making such nakedly content-focused, empty, soulless decisions. And when it crosses over into the gaming space where everyone is more vocal about the things that they love, it blows up like this. I do think it's hilarious just seeing the reality of the, on Sony's side, dealing with the fallout of what Jim Ryan tried to put in place. And then the dude that wants 12 life service games in the next two or three years actually says, I'm actually going to retire. So you you handle this now. You, you take care of it. And then they've got so much money invested in those titles and those, you know, those different monetization ideas and all the stuff with Bungie, how they were like an internal, internal team that were going to review everything, but they missed their revenue target by like 43%. And so they've now suffered layoffs and it's like nothing to do with this model works whatsoever. Adam Strong, quick book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously I share a lot of what you guys are saying as well, but it's just a shame that like, you know, it is businessmen that are like kind of making the decisions behind all of this and not mm-hmm. an actual game developer that would think about how we can make something entertaining for people to play. Mm-hmm. Like the question automatically in their minds is how can we make money from this thing? What will make us the most money? And like, you know, it seems like for a lot of times, like gone are the days of when it's like, oh, how can we make something that would just really be fun? Yeah. That would get a lot of people on board and that would bring a lot more people then in turn would obviously make money. I get it's a business, but at the same time you do when you a disservice by pushing that to the front mm-hmm. and thinking with that type of perspective. I I hate live service games, if I'm honest. Obviously, if I haven't made it clear enough, I like my solo-based gaming. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I'm absolutely here for that. Like, give me that. And all of my... Some of the best games that have come out this year alone have been those solo adventures, yep. right? Like, absolutely incredible. They're also the but highest-selling games of the year as well. Yeah. Like, the highest-selling game of the year is The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, there followed by Hogwarts Legacy, also including, like, the Jedi survivors of the world and everything else. Like, like Baldur's Gate 3, like, Alan Wake 2. Like the, Dead Space, the, Resident Evil 4. Exactly. Like, if that isn't assigned to these people that this is what people enjoy, then mm-hmm. I don't know what is. It's just, it's kind of two things. Like, you know... I, don't get me wrong, I've tried live service games before. I've played stuff like The Division and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. it's when you take an... Oh, <laughs> Bad one. <laughs> but when you, I mean, is there any good ones? <laughs> but when, when you take an already established IP, which is really get great at doing a solo thing and then deciding, oh, I know, let's push it into doing a live service. I mean, just stop right now. Yeah. And then or, or approaching development, I need to go back to Bioware for a second with Anthem. I mean, Bioware like, are renowned for doing what they do best, which is narrative-driven games. Oh, let's give them Bioware, this live service, and then look how that happened. Mm-hmm. So, like... Yeah, if, for me, it's just, it's a shame. It's it's clearly business decisions guised as gaming, mm-hmm. and that's the downfall of this whole it's thing. like, even, like, incorrect business decisions, yeah. though, because, like, we have the stats to, to show that. I think this is just some guy who's looking, who's, like, really into Genshin Impact at Warner Brothers, and he's like, mm-hmm. we could we could do gotcha, but we could do it oh, for, for, for Batman. Yeah. Batman mm-hmm. gotcha. And then David Zaslav's like, Batman gotcha, that's some really forward thinking. Let's get those chits <laughs> going. Mm-hmm. Let's, get, let's get this energy going. And then, the and then it just like, snowballs from there. The thing is, like, you want to or I want to like look at all sides because they keep getting greenlit and it's like yeah Genshin Impact's actually a really fascinating example because like that did come out of nowhere and mm. did blow up so much and now does dominate the space and so you can see <laughs> don't like, underestimate the anime fans man true and it's like now um, you know they have a Honkai Star Rail as their next game and yeah. it's, I haven't seen that talked about anywhere near as much as Genshin but it's out there or it's about to be out there and it's one of those things where like you can see why if you didn't have a creative bone in your body you would point at that and be like we need one of them we have Batman do a one of them mm. and it, it, you can just you can I mean I'm probably I am oversimplifying it, but it doesn't feel like I am at the same time because it just (laughs) seems like when you look at the reality of what's happening, it does seem that simple. 
Um, and then the majority of us, I think some of this is medium specific, like it's it's gamers, it's gaming mentalities, it's having needing to have um, satisfying gameplay, mechanics, etc. That's where it, it hits the rubber, hits the road, it doesn't work. Um, and they all shut down. The fact that an Avengers game didn't work is ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that you squandered that is insane. Like the fact that you couldn't make that work. Like the moment of, of peak, that was the moment of peak bag fumbling. Yeah. And that was like, what, like post end game, like literally 2020, so a year after everyone was riding that end game mm-hmm. buzz and it came out and was like, you just completely, just completely squandered the the potential of that massive IP. Same with all the Star Wars stuff as well, for the most part, um, with like Battlefront Two and everything. But yeah, it was just one of those things where um, across the last sort of twenty four, I guess by the time this goes live, it'll be a few more hours. But it was a few different news things that all happened at the same time, where I was like, oh my god, live service stuff is still being talked about. Um, and I needed to do a rant, and I needed to talk about it some more. So um, we'll keep an eye on stuff. I'm curious what the rest of the generation pans out like, but they won't let this go, at least not for the next uh, couple of years anyway, um, to get some conclusions on it. Um, and I guess around to round it out um, back to the start, we talked about GTA. There's whatever the future of, G- uh, future of GTA Online is, um, a game that does have its own monthly pass as well, so there is that to factor in. For now, though, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Adam Strawn. Goodbye, everyone. Joined by Ewan Patterson. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I will catch you very soon. Goodbye. Selling a little? Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.